Chapter 14 Arabella stopped before entering the large dining hall. She half considered chiding Angus for keeping her locked in her room for the day. After deliberating briefly, she concluded that diplomacy would serve more suitably if she hoped for a chance to persuade the picked lord of her plea to aid the Scots. Loitering moments longer in the corridor, Arabella heard the clanking of dinnerware and the dull tones of conversation coming from the dining hall. She adjusted her blouse and pulled at her hair, using her fingers to comb her long locks to one side. She took a deep breath and practiced a smile. Then she stepped around the corner into the hall. Good evening, gentlemen, Arabella said to the two men at the large table. The two rose as she entered. Arabella, I'm thrilled you have chosen to join me this evening. I have asked Diort to dine with us as well, Angus said. I was uncertain whether you would attend, so we began. Diort nodded to Arabella and returned to his seat. Angus offered Arabella an armless chair adjacent to his seat at the head of the table, while masking his limp as he stepped. Please sit and help yourself. I had the cooks prepare a course for you in the event you agreed to dine with us, Angus said and returned to his seat. Arabella sat. Thank you, sir. She smiled and looked down at the moderate portion of ham and potatoes prepared on the plate in front of her. I must admit, I thought twice about attending. She glanced at the two to see if they had taken the comment as she intended. You've been kind in receiving me, so I must ask, why the sudden need to keep me behind locked doors? I am beginning to feel somewhat like a prisoner, she said, throwing her punch but not too hard. Do forgive me for the sudden constraint of your otherwise rich freedoms here in my home. But because of the breach of the castle, Diort and his captains agreed that we needed to secure the area and systematically ensure the grounds are safe for our people, including you, Arabella. You do understand that the intrusion left eight of my men dead and a ninth man injured, Diort said, sitting across from Arabella. I take this quite seriously, I assure you. All guests and attendants were asked to remain in their quarters. Asked to remain, or forced to? Arabella replied. Arabella, this was done for your safety. Nothing more, nothing less, Angus remarked, extending his hand and placing it on her forearm. Forgive me, I understand. Indeed, it was awful seeing those men in black racing down the hall with their weapons and torches. I was quite frightened. Arabella glanced at Diort. And I am sorry about your men, she said. The ninth, is he going to make it? He was in pretty poor shape to begin with. He'd been recovering from several burns. He didn't help himself by fighting those mercenaries, and he tore apart much of what had healed, Diort said before glancing at Angus, who wore an unhappy frown. He'll recover, Diort finished. This is the man burned from the fire, yes. I saw him that day in the courtyard with the other soldiers. I am sorry to hear he was hurt. He'll live. You needn't worry with him, Angus assured her. Have you captured the men who broke into the castle? Who were they and what were they after? Angus glanced at Diort before answering, we did not capture them, but based on their black garb, they were likely mercenaries. They could have been hired by the Vikings. Our men confined them to the north wing of the castle and pushed them back before they obtained anything of value. They may have been coming directly for me, but they were unsuccessful, if that was their goal. Angus took a bite of his ham, chewed, and swallowed. We are tracking them, and we expect to apprehend them soon. Isn't that correct, Diort? He turned and peered at Diort. Yes, my lord, 
that is correct. If these men were Vikings, or sent by the Vikings, doesn't that incline you all the more to join the Dalriadans? If they are attacking us both, would we not fare better together? Arabella asked. Certainly, if they were Vikings, or sent by the Vikings, then it does seem reasonable to fight against them with the Dalriadans on our side, Angus replied. Then are you willing to reconsider an agreement with the Dalriadans? Angus set his knife and fork down beside his plate. He looked directly at Arabella, I have no heartache in joining the Dalriadans against the Vikings. I simply ask that they pledge fealty to me, to my lordship. Then they will immediately have every sword in Pictland leading the charge against the Vikings. Remember, won't you, it was Alpin, that prideful and stubborn man, who believed he could take on the world with a single pathetic plan, and now look at Renton. The man must be humbled before he will ever see clearly. Angus picked up his utensils and took another bite. But there are others in Dalriada who do see clearly, others who can reason with Alpin. It is not his decision alone. By his own words, he has no desire to be king over the Dalriadan people. I urge you, please reconsider my request for help. Arabella's eyes move back and forth, glancing between the two men. I believe in the end, it will be a benefit to you and to your people, to your own families. Angus dropped his napkin on his plate, and he repeated the word families under his breath. He lifted from his chair in an abrupt, agitated fashion and stepped away from the table. Arabella glimpsed at Diort, puzzled. His expression bore an irritated grimace. She turned to Angus. He was facing away, standing beside a small table at the end of the dining hall, pouring a cup of water. My lord, was it something I said? Nothing that I care to discuss, Angus replied, remaining with his back turned. Arabella sat silent for a moment, then spoke, My lord, you mentioned families, do you not believe that fighting against the Vikings would be a protection for the families of Pictland? I have seen firsthand what savages can do to families. You know that, my lord. Young lady, I regret to inform you that others too have felt the misery of losing those who are close, Angus said, his tone cynical. I'm sorry for your loss, but I would rather not discuss the matter beyond that. I understand, I apologize for misspeaking, Arabella placed her napkin on the table and stood. I thank you for your hospitality. I came here to ask for your assistance in helping the Scots. It is desperately needed. I have done that, and now I pray you will consider it and act with favor. Arabella glanced at Diort, and nodded politely. Thank you, gentlemen. I shall gather my things and depart. She turned to leave the hall. Arabella, Angus called out before she could depart. Arabella stopped and slowly turned her head. Don't misread my frustration, as an irritation of your company. There are simply things in the past that are better left in the past. As for your attendance here, you are welcome to stay as long as you wish. I, I'm not sure what to say. I appreciate your kindness, however I came here for a specific purpose. I came in hopes of convincing you to help the Dalriadan people, my people. I have asked for your help, I can only hope that you have heard. Angus eased his cup of water back to the small tabletop. I still find it amusing that you consider them your people, he noted inquisitively and feigned a grin. You are a Pict. It is in your blood. You cannot change that. Maybe one's blood cannot be changed, but one's heart can be. There are many people whom I love, who stand to suffer and lose much if you do not intercede. That is why I've sought your help.
Much is at stake for me to risk picked lives to save a people who seem to care very little for the Picts themselves. Surely you can see that, Angus said. Arabella hesitated. I believe that we see what we want to see, my lord, she replied and turned to leave the room. Where will you go, Arabella? I think it's best if I depart. I will return to Cashel, or to Renton. Arabella, I have asked you to stay. Angus looked at Diort and then back to Arabella. It is quite dangerous beyond these walls. With the threat of the Vikings and the recent attack on the castle, travelling back to Dalriada, at such a time would be a fool's errand. It would not be safe. I understand the risks. I considered them before I came. Well, it's not a risk that I am willing to take, Angus replied. You desire the relationship between the Picts and Scots to be strong. How angry would your father, Constantine, be with me if something were to happen to you after leaving my care? A wry grin arched across his lips as he finished. Respectfully, he will be more angered if he believes me to be held up in this castle as your prisoner. As a man who has been a father, I'll take my chances with Constantine by ensuring your safety. If a Scot entourage were to visit Perth, I would gladly release you into their care. Or should a company of my men find an opportunity to visit Renton or Cashel, then you may proceed with them. Angus held out his hands as a show of sincerity. Until that time, please make yourself at home. I see, Arabella said. She turned and briskly departed the dining hall, leaving the two men to their meal. Arabella reclined on her bed, alone in her room deep within Angus Castle. A single candle sat on the table beside her. She stared up at the dimly lit ceiling, lost in thought. How wise was it to come to Perth? Angus had not mistreated her, but now she was somewhat of a prisoner within the castle's stone walls, free to walk about, to eat, and even to inquire, but not free to leave. Had it been a mistake to come? She tried to dismiss her doubts but continued to second-guess her decision, even chastening herself for her sharp tongue in the dining hall with Angus. Speaking to him in such a manner had not drawn him closer to helping her cause. Maybe leaving Cashel was a poor idea. But surely, it was the right thing to do. Arabella pictured Kenneth and remembered the terrible men that had attacked them in Renton. She envisioned Kenneth in chains, pulling heavy ropes and digging muddy trenches while the Vikings mocked and likely beat him. No one would last long in such cruel hands. There has to be a way to help, she thought. With the men in Renton bickering over who would lead or how to lead, she settled that coming to Perth was the right thing, that Kenneth's life may be depending upon it. She sat up in her bed. She stared at the walls of her room and wiped the moisture from her eyes as she thought of the man she loved and how their lives had been violently torn apart. She remembered how he'd asked her to marry him, and she allowed herself to muse for a moment, then a small laugh escaped. She thought of their ride to the mountains before he had proposed, how she had held to him tightly as he spurred his horse toward the high hill to share his secret surprise. She remembered in times past of her giddiness, when she would romanticize of having children and building a home with Kenneth near Chorich and Siana. Life was designed to be lived and enjoyed. How quickly the dark side of the world could overtake and overwhelm those wishing for peace and simplicity. She thought of Kenneth and wondered if he was thinking of her. She loved his heart and his courage. She prayed he would hold on to both. Arabella laid her head onto her pillow. Slowly, her solitude faded to depression. How long would she stay? Would Angus force her to remain if she tried to leave? 
she asked herself these questions, yet the silence of the four walls provided no answers. Only moments passed before the silence was interrupted. Arabella was sure the noises had come from the hallway she now occupied, but the castle's maze of crisscrossed halls began to sow seeds of doubt. The sound had been much like that of a person groaning. She stood in the shadows of the long hallway, and her mind began to race. She wondered if someone was being tortured or beaten. She remained still, waiting and listening for the sound to return. Silence. She stepped forward and inched farther down the stone-walled hallway. Two rooms lay ahead. The door of the nearer room was half open, while the door to the far room was closed shut. The groaning came again, more subdued this time. It came from the room with the open door. She was sure of it. Arabella approached and stood just outside the half-open door. More groans? She closed her eyes and considered retreating to the security of her chambers. No, she had to see. Opening her eyes, she leaned forward to peek through the doorway and winced as a gory image conjured in her mind. She expelled the thought and leaned farther into the dimly lit room and glimpsed the leg of a man lying on a bed. The man's limb was poking out from the covers near the edge of the bed. Arabella eased through the doorway and accidentally bumped the door as she entered. A shrilling creak crept from the door's iron hinges. Who's there? Mate, is that you? The voice came from the young man in the bed. Arabella stepped into the room. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be here. I only came to see if you were all right. Did Mate send you to check on me? The young man asked, his voice faint and tired. Arabella scanned the young man's covered frame as he rested in the bed. Sheets draped his body up to his chest. He neither lifted his head nor moved his limbs. Bandages wrapped his left shoulder and arm, as well as his neck and cheek. Brownish-pink splotches stained much of the bandaging. His eyes and forehead were covered by a damp beige cloth, leaving only his mouth and nose exposed. Arabella thought of the young man's question and was reticent to offer an answer. No, Mate did not send me. I, ah, I heard your groans, and I wondered if you needed help. So I came. The young man chuckled and then groaned from his laugh, I guess you can see I need help. I wouldn't turn it down. The noises sounded like you were in pain, or that someone was, well, that you were hurting. Yes, it's fair to say, I was hurting. The young man's words slurred as he finished. He remained silent for a moment and then spoke again, Mate finds pleasure in making it painful when he changes my bandages. He swears the medicine will heal the burns. His words faded off as he finished. The young man took a deep, relaxed breath. Mate gives me medicine to drink. It's supposed to kill the pain, but it still seems to hurt when he's, when he's bandaging. I saw you the other day in the courtyard training with the other men. Angus told me that you had been badly burned. I, I saw you too, I saw your hair. I wish I could see you now. You seem pretty. I know a girl like you, but she, the young man tried to finish. The medicine had brought its intended comfort, and his voice diminished. I am going to let you sleep now. I wanted to make sure you were all right. I'm glad you're getting better. I'll visit again when I can, Arabella said. Would you mind if I visit again? No response came. Would you mind? 
she asked again and wondered if he'd fallen asleep. Why did you leave, the young man said with a slur, as if fading into a dream. I'm still here. And I'm sorry that I didn't ask sooner, but what is your name? No answer came. Can you hear me? I said, what is your name? Dross? The young man wandered off into a drug-induced slumber before the word completed on his tongue. Arabella stared at her new acquaintance. She kept silent and remained standing transfixed in the middle of the room. Something felt familiar. Her curiosity grew. She glanced at the open doorway and then slowly approached the bed. She moved closer, catching the pungent odor of the medicinal balm hovering in the air, and she stared at the young man. The cloth wraps appeared tight against his skin, and a clear fluid seeped from beneath the edge of the bandage wrapping his face. The sight and smells caused her to gag, and she looked away. She pitied him. She pitied his burns and his pain. She considered that Angus must be proud of how he had fought off the intruders. Returning her eyes back to the young man, she noticed his foot now dangling from the bed. She gently pushed it underneath the covers. Then she stepped back, gazing at him. Her eyes wandered over his frame and up to the bandages around his neck and shoulder. Her heart skipped a beat when her eyes locked onto a tiny sliver of silver hiding below the strips of cloth near the nape of his neck. She peered about the room and then took peek toward the hallway. She had to know. She stepped to the young man's bedside and reached to lift the edge of his cloth wraps. She had to see. She lifted the bandage, and gasped. What are you doing here? Mate demanded. The wiry-haired physician stood in the doorway with a condemning glare in his eye. Arabella placed her hand over her mouth and rushed past the physician and out the door. She didn't stop until she reached her room. She quickly shut the door and ran to her bed. There, she collapsed and buried her face in her pillow, sobbing for Aiden. Her heart was breaking, and she had no one to hold it or mend it back together. With tears she pleaded aloud, Kenneth, where are you? If only you were here, oh Kenneth, tell me everything will be all right. Tell me, Kenneth. Arabella lay in her bed, weeping, unaware of the key clicking in the metal lock of her door.